Let's pray. Lord, we worship you today, God. We glorify your holy name, Father, because you are so good to us, God. Jehovah God, Father, not only did you did you create us, O King of glory, Father, but Lord, you've redeemed us over and over and over and over, O King of glory, God. Jehovah God, you laid a foundation, Father, where we can build mighty King of glory, God. Now, no matter what we do, O King of glory, God, when we, when we turn away from our sins and we repent, O God, that you take us and you put back on that foundation, Lord. You don't say, I already give you a chance. You don't come back and say you're no good anymore. But you over and over, God, you redeem us, O King of glory, God, and you're willing, God, to use us as vessels, Lord. God, we are so grateful, Father, for this mercy, Lord. Like Amanda said, God, this love, God, this amazing love that you've given us, O God, that you've shown us, Almighty King of glory, God. God, I pray, Father, as we go out through our days, Lord, that you have a God who remember the sacrifice and the love that you have for us, Lord. That Jesus, you left heaven with everything that was over there, and you came here to be with us so you could show us, Father, that you care, that you know our troubles, that you know what we are going through, that we are, you are not far removed from us, O God. And Jehovah God, when we hear your word, Lord, when we worship you, God, let that be the assurance that, Lord, you know exactly where we are. You know what we are going through. There is nothing big for you, Lord. There is nothing that you have not overcome, Lord. So God, give us the heart, O God, to hear you, Father. Even this word that goes forth, mighty King of glory, God. I pray, mighty King of glory, that Jehovah God, it holds on to us and we hold on to it, O Lord. That you hide your word in our hearts, O God. That Jehovah God, the enemy, cannot find it, Lord. Because, Lord, we need your word, especially in these times, O oh God. We need your word so much, Lord. That, Jehovah God, when we come before you, when, when we hear our word, it's not just a preaching. It's not just something that we take and then we, we go away and we forget, Lord. That we, we look at the mirror, God, and we forget. But let it be a word, Father, that transforms us, O oh God. But, Jehovah God, more so, Lord, a word that draws us near to you, Lord. That, Jesus, we, we want to be more like you, Lord. That we want to, to have a more closer relationship with you, King of glory, God. So help us tonight, O oh God. Speak, O oh Lord. Move me out of the way, mighty King of glory, and speak to all of us, myself included, Lord. We worship you and we praise you in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. <laughs> so we are continuing with uh, the book of Romans, and today we are looking at Romans 30, 33. <clears throat> Pardon me, I, I'm getting over our code. I did not hear. We are praying for you, Pastor, but it's all good. No worries. <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> I know Eva is praying for me, so it's good. And a man. Yeah. All right, let's pray. Uh, no, 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 let's pray. <laughs> but let's go ahead and read the Bible. <laughs> I promise it's just water, okay? <laughs> okay. You guys with me? Okay. Romans 9, 30, 33, it says, What shall we do then? The Gentiles who did not pursue righteousness have attained it, that is, a righteousness that is by faith. But the Israel who pursued a law that, were, that would lead to righteousness did not succeed in reaching, in reaching the law. Why? Because they did not pursue it by faith, but it was if it were based on works. They have stumbled over the stumbling stone, as it's written, Behold, I am laying, a, I'm laying in Zion a stone of stumbling block, a rock of defense, and whoever believes in him will not be put to shame. So what is Paul talking about? Paul is actually making a very, very, if you want to say, a controversial statement. Because he's telling the Jews that, so the Jews believe that and they know that Jesus came for them. 
right? Even though they were waiting for the Messiah. They knew that the Messiah was for them. But Paul is telling them the Messiah has come and he's given, he's given you everything you've been hoping for and you've been reading. But at this point, you guys have rejected that. And guess what? It's no longer for you. You don't benefit for that. But now the people who are the Gentiles who really didn't, Jesus did not come for them, they have come in and now they're benefiting from this. That was very controversial to tell the Jews because for them, they, this was the law. This was their thing. This is what they wanted. But Paul doesn't stop there. He tells me, you know what? That which was primarily yours is no longer yours. But now it's for them. The non-believer who, who, now, who never knew anything, and now they, they possess this inheritance. You know, when you think about, about the Bible, if you had the story of the prodigal son, it's that point where the prodigal son, who his, he went to his dad uh, and he said, give me my inheritance, and he left and squatted it all over. Then at one moment, he's very hungry, and, and he's like, man, the only thing I can do is probably eat what the pigs are eating. Then he realizes, you know what? It's better to be in my father's house. The, he says, the servants are eating better than, my, than, me, than what I'm doing. And so it's the same comparison when Paul is telling the Jews, guess what? The servants, pretty much, who are, the, who are the Gentiles, are doing much, much better than you guys. Because they have taken the faith and they are walking with it. Because the Jews had made um, righteousness something that it wasn't. They cared more about what, they, what was seen from the outside and pretty much disregarded what was on the inside. They were interested in reading what God was doing than allowing him to change his life. I wonder if there was a time in our life that those things were happening. See, because sometimes when you think about it, it is easier to, to share the gospel with an unbeliever than really present somebody who thinks that they know anything about God. Because literally, when you're, talking, when you're talking to an unbeliever, you are telling them about his redemption power, and they are like, where has this thing been in my life? But other, somebody who knows or says they are Christian, when you're trying to tell them, hey, this is not the right way, you are doing something different, they are like, who are you? And I don't understand what's going on, right? And so that's what was happening here. The, the, the Gentiles were, were taking this word and they really were really holding on to it. And they are like, man, this thing is helping me out. The Bible says, uh, when you think about it, this is why the Bible uses the word adapted. Right? Because you think about an adoption. So Ephesians 1 5 it says, just as he has chosen us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before him in love, having predestined us to, as adopted as sons of Jesus to himself according to the good pleasures of his will. So he had already planned to adapt us even before the beginning of the world. And then Galatians 4 5 it says, But when the fullness of time had come, God sent forth his son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those who were under the law, that we might receive an the adoption as sons. See, the adopted child has no expectations. They are very grateful and they are rich and full of just what they are being given. The love they have is enough. You just talk about the love. The love that they have is enough. They are like, they just want love. That's it. They don't want anything else. Right? And when you look at the Jews and you look at the Gentiles, the Jews are like, well, now that you, you know, this Redeemer who's going to come, I have A, B, C, D, three, all these things, and you have, to, you have to dress this way, you have to think this way, you have to do these things to be accepted. Well, the Gentiles are like, I'm accepted? I'm, I'm accepted? You mean like I am accepted and I have life? You mean I was destined for death and now I have life? Right? It's, it's kind of thinking about it. We who are Christian and we are kind of the biological children, we have expectations. 
Oh, I want this for Christmas. The list has to be this. Oh, this is the new phone. Uh, that phone is too old. I don't want it. Oh, I don't want macaroni tonight. I want whatever you want to call it, right? But the adopted child is like, I never had food. I never, never had shelter. I never had anything. So please, thank you so much for what you've given me. But why? The Bible says why? Because the, the, uh, the Jews made it about themselves. And that's the same thing as we Christians, we make it about ourselves in so many ways. It's become what we are supposed to be. The, the gifts of love from Christ is not enough. We want something more. We make it about the Creator instead of, the, instead of adoring the Creator. There's a song that we all sing, and I'm not going to sing, or maybe you guys can sing, The Heart of Worship, right? And I'm, I hope and I pray when... Here's, here's a plug for Monday Night Prayer, okay? When we do Monday Night Prayer, we put the songs on here. Because songs, worship songs, they are prayers. They are worship, they talk about God, and they, you, you, you're going to pray, you're going to tell God what's going on if you don't have the words. And so when we look at songs that, that we sing, and, and, and the worship team does an amazing job of choosing biblical songs that are strange, I want you guys to listen to the words and make sure that you're not just singing out of just anywhere. And, and a good example is Matt Ledman, he says, the heart of worship. When the music fades and it's all stripped away, and I simply come longing just to bring you something of worth. I bring you more than a song, for a song in itself is not what you require. You search much deep within, though the way things appear, you are looking into my heart. Yeah. I'm coming back to the heart of worship, and it's all about you. It's all about you, Jesus. I'm sorry, Lord, for the things that have made it. When it's all about you, it's all about you, Jesus. And that's the difference between the, the Jews and the Gentiles because the Jews are like, hey, we have all these things, we have all these promises, he comes from a lineage, but the Gentiles are like, God, I just want you. Yeah. And I pray that that's our, that's our, that was our call, that's our song, that Lord, when you're saying, Lord, when you search me, I bring you nothing, you do not need anything from me at all, you just need just my heart, yeah. right? Yeah. I'm coming back to a heart of worship, and it's all about you. A heart of worship. Why did the Jews miss it? Instead of trusting God, they took over. They were so concerned with what they were doing that they forgot Christ. They forgot about this thing that they've been searching over here, saying the, 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 the Redeemer is going to come, the Messiah is going to come. But then, even when he came, they were so concerned about doing what, what they were thinking is the right thing than actually slowing down and stopping and looking at what God was telling them to do. They did not notice God was right in front of their eyes. How many times have we been carried away by good things and then we forget about the God things in our life? How many times? How many times have we gone and started doing all these works and doing all these things that we think they look good from the outside, kind of like the Jews, yeah, the Jews, and we don't realize that God is there saying, you don't need to do all that. You don't need to do all that. All I need is your heart. I just need a submitted heart. That's all I need. Romans 9, 32-33 says, Why? Because they did not seek it by faith. But as they were, the work of the law, for they stumbled at the stumbling stone, as it's written, Behold, I lay a Zion, a stumbling stone and rock of offense, and whoever believes in him will not be put to shame. You guys with me? Yes. All right. My first point is stumbling block. 
When I think about a stumbling block, what do you guys think about? Okay, kid toys, I like it. <laughs> For me, when I think about a stumbling block, I think about the airport. Yes. Okay, I like that. So now you can listen, that's good. All right, perfect. So when I think about something that, so think about it, when you're going to the airport, you have your plan, you have all those things, you're going either outside the country, or you're coming back to the country, or you're going to a different city, or you are coming back to, a, to your city, right? So when you do that, guess what? You have to go through security check, right? And when you have to go through security check, they check and say, you know, you have the metal detector, you have the thing that makes you go like this, right? <laughs> that everybody hits, right? They check whether you have any liquids, they check if you have any weapons, right? You know what I discovered? I, in my big research, I discovered that the airport confiscated 5,700 firearms in 2021 at the airport. Yep, I'll leave that right there, okay? So here's the reason why I think about stumbling block. I think about it because as you walk into the airport, you have specific things that you need in order for you to be able to pass security. There are specific things that you cannot have in order for you to pass security. It doesn't matter what happens in your life or it doesn't matter who you are, what's going on in your life, you still have to go through security, right? And so guess what? If you are good, everything is good. Because listen, I can, you, can have, you can go to the ticket counter, you can get a ticket, and person asks you all these questions, you have weapons, you have liquids, you have, you say, what do the people say? No. no, they don't, right? Then they go to the security check, right? And then when they get to the security check, what do they have? Hey. Stuff, right? <laughs> <laughs> so is that person going to move on? No. no, they are not, right? But if you are good, then guess what's going to happen? Hold on to that thought, okay? So I'll give you my, my story. So we had gone to Kenya, um, I don't remember, I think the first time we went to Kenya with Q Missions, Pastor Jay and Aaron Quinones, and uh, I had, so we went for two weeks, I believe, and I stayed in Kenya for an extra week, right? So as I was coming, so it's an extra week, so as I was coming back, you know, I went through security, I was coming through Amsterdam. So I went through Kenya security, I was good, nothing's wrong, right? I come through Amsterdam, we get out of the airport, I go through security. We are good, right? I go through, so when you go through Amsterdam, you have the regular Amsterdam security, you go through that. Then I also went to another, so if you're going to the US, you have another security check. So I went through that security check, and I was good. Oh, you guys, yeah, yeah, okay. <laughs> I was good, right? So I sit down, and I'm listening to my music, and everything's good. I only have my backpack. I don't have a lot of things I'm carrying. And then they announce, at the airport, they, you know, they announce, they're like, okay, now we're going to be boarding. As I continue, as I'm going towards boarding, I see they have another security check. It's easy. I've done this three, four times, right? <laughs> so I walk in confidently that nothing's going to happen. You take out your shoes. You put your bag. It goes through. They take the little pads, and they, scar, they wipe all the things, right? And they put it on the thing, and it says clear, right? So it's my turn. I'm just oblivious to what's going on. And they take the little pad, and they wipe my bag. And then the next minute, I hear, bah, bah, 
and there is a red being that I cannot read because it's Dutch, right? On the <laughs> on the screen, right? All I hear is Adaka, Adaka, Aleposia. I'm like, that's Dutch for uh, security, security. We need somebody here. <laughs> At that time, I'm like, okay, there goes my life, because if I go, <laughs> I'm serious, if I go to jail in a foreign country that I can't even speak the language, right, I'm thinking about my wife and kids, I'm like, I should have taken Eva to Hawaii when I needed to, right? <laughs> you know, all these things go you through your mind, right? So I'm not even kidding, like five guys come in, and I'm surrounded, I'm taken to a different sign over there, take out my socks now, try to get all the stuff that I have, they are looking to see what the world is going on, right? And they're just talking this language, and I'm like, okay, they are really calling the people to come and take me away. This is over. I'm like, where is the last time that I put my bag, right? They're carrying, I'm like, I didn't give it to anybody. I have nothing. I had somebody say something, and I was like, they said explosive. And I'm like, oh, my goodness, this is how terrorists die, right? <laughs> and I'm like, this is no. So I am, like, petrified. But, of course, you're going to be firm. You're like, you're just cool, right? Because if you freak out, I've seen the movies. They tackle you down, right? <laughs> So, true story. So, so I'm like, you know, so they, they're just talking, and it's like what it felt like pretty much like an hour, but it was literally like three minutes. And then this guy who looks decorated, he comes in, he's like, da 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 da, whatever. He takes my bag, scans the stuff, and then he goes to a different machine and puts it, and it's all green. I was like, so he said, we are sorry, we are sorry, and they moved me over, right? Because what happened is the first guy never cleaned the machine after they had checked, so that's what the issue was. <laughs> so why do I give you this story? I give you this story because most of the Christians are like that. You will go through four or five security checks, you will come to church, we'll see you, you look good, you have everything that's there, but then when we get to that point where we go before God, where it's the last boarding pass to go to heaven, right? Because it's so easy for us to look and say we are Christian, to check all the boxes, to look like we got it all together. But in that moment where you're sitting there, there's not going to be a double check. It's not going to be an an error. It's going to be the truth that this is who you truly are. There is not going to be another option or trying to explain yourself. And so that is going to be your stumbling block because you never took Christ for heart. See, the security check is to protect others and, and to, you know, where you're going and where you're coming. And I'm sure because God is holy, he's not going to put you there and say, oh, it must have been a mistake. Somebody put something in your bag or you didn't really know what was going on. Because the Bible has given us everything we need in order for us to be able to see and look at our hearts and submit to God. He's not even telling you, I need you to clean it yourself. He's saying, why don't you bring your heart to me, submit it to me, and I'll clean it and I'll wash it and I'll make it right. So then you can be able to go through security. See, here we see Jesus being the stumbling block. Once you've come to him, there is a comprehensive check. There is a comprehensive check. I might not see what you're carrying. We might not see what you're going on in your life. But at one point before you get to God, you have to raise your head and that 3D scanner is going to go all over and see where you are. What is truly in you will be revealed based on what you have and it's the, remember, the prerequisite for that, you're not setting them. 
There is already notions and preset rules of who enters to heaven, who gets to hang out with God, who is going to heaven. It's not, well, let's adjust this, let's do this. Same thing at the airport. There is no way you can say, but I'm supposed to carry a small knife, mister. <laughs> Acts 9 says, so when you think about it, in the Bible, there's so many examples of people who literally did have that stumbling block. Remember, Jesus said, I will be a stumbling block to some, right? Acts 9, Saul is heading to Damascus to persecute Christians. He falls on the ground and a voice says to him, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? Numbers 22, and you guys can go read this your homework. Balaam is going to curse God people, but an angel stops him on the way and says, the angel ended up talking. Luke 19, the prodigal son, he thinks he got it all, but he got to a point where God stopped him and he had his thoughts and then he came back to his senses. And that's what I'm saying. God is there to help you. He will put those tumbling blocks, not necessarily to trip you because that's what most people think. Oh, this regulation of being a Christian, all oh, this thing. He's putting those blocks. He's making your life harder so then you can stop for a minute. And be able to think, really, God, where am I? So you can have that check. Because I would rather be stopped today than wait until it's the end of my life and then I never get to that point. See, the Bible tells us sin will find you. Sin will expose you. It doesn't matter what happens. When you look at Matthew 10, 34, 38, do not think that I have come to bring peace on the earth. I did not bring peace. I, I did not come to bring peace but a sword. For I have come a man against his father, daughter against her mother, and daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law, and the ma- and man's enemy will be those of his own, own household. He who loves the father or mother more than he loves me is not worth of me. And he who loves his sons or daughter more than me is not worth of me. And he who does not take his cross and follows me, he, me is not worthy of me. Jesus did not just did not come just to be like, hey, it's okay. I'll take your issues and I'll do all those things and I'll fix you. He said, I brought a sword. And that stumbling block, trust me, is better than a sword. Yeah. My second point, the greatest choice, choose your rock. And I know when I talk about a rock, probably the ladies are like, yeah, I need to change my rock. <laughs> Honey, do you hear that? <laughs> right? <laughs> Only 50% of them got it. It's fine. We'll continue. First Peter 2, 6 says, and the scripture says, I'm placing a cornerstone in Jerusalem, choose for greater, chosen for greater honor, and anyone who trusts in him will never dis- be disgraced. You, yes, you, you who trust him recognize the honor God has given him. But those who reject him, the stone that the builder rejected has now become the cornerstone. And he is a stone that makes people stumble, the rock that makes them fall. They stumble because they do not obey God's word, and so they, when, so they met the fate that was planned for them. See, Jesus is going to be the stumbling block or he's going to be the cornerstone. Your choice. It's a major decision that we have to make. Is Jesus going to be your cornerstone? Or is he going to be the stumbling block that stops you from doing what you're doing? See, when you think about cornerstone, Isaiah 28:16. therefore, this is what the sovereign Lord says. Look, I'm placing a foundation stone in Jerusalem, firm and tested stone. So it's not just any stone. It's a firm and tested stone. It's a precious cornerstone that is safe to build on. There is nothing safe in our world right now. doesn't matter what's, what's happening. You look at Ukraine, you see seven days ago, eight days ago, they were, they were having life, life, things were going on, and now look at where they are. 
There is nothing safe. But Christ is saying that it's a precious cornerstone that is safe to build. Whoever believes need never be shaken. He don't want to be shaken tonight. Believe that there is a cornerstone. So what is this cornerstone that we are talking about? In the olden days, when, when they, they, in every time they build, the cornerstone was the most crucial stone. It was laid fast and ensured the building is square and stable, and the weight of the entire structure rested on it. The weight of the entire structure rested on it. The weight of your whole life lays on the cornerstone who is Christ. Amen. So we, we get a choice. You can either try to carry it on your own, you can try to do it on your own, but that's not how you're made. Because remember, he says, already you had been said to be adopted in before you were born. But now we get to choose that cornerstone. Jesus is the cornerstone, but we have to choose him as such. See, I see so many people that they build very good things. They've got a good life. Everything is amazing. But they have not built on the cornerstone. They have built on something that is not going to last. They have not built on something that will never change because the Bible tells us that Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and? Yes. See, there's never been a more serious time to go through and do a security check of our lives than now, honestly. Psalms 139, 23, and this is a, this is a verse that I always, I, I always, I literally read this verse every day. I'm like, search me thoroughly, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my thought. See if there is any wicked or hurtful way in me and lead me in your way everlasting. It's already there. Start with that. Start praying that. Start telling God, God, search me thoroughly. Search me, Lord. You search me. Not somebody else search me. Not any, anything around me. I don't want to check with those. Search me, Lord. Let me know, Lord. Check me and let me know what you wicked thing you see in me. If you read the book of, uh, if you talk about, uh, um, um, what's his name? Simon Peter. Thank you. Remember, I have a code. So, <laughs> so when you talk about Simon Peter, uh, and, and this is towards the closing, when you talk about Simon Peter, I looked at Luke 5, and in, in the beginning when Jesus met Simon Peter, you can see a contrast between when Jesus met Simon Peter and even when he was crucified when he came again and met Simon Peter. And I will explain. Luke 5, uh, Jesus is teaching in the lake of uh, Gesaret, and there's, he sees two boats. And when he sees those two boats, he goes and, and sits on one boat so he can be able to, to, to talk to the people, teach the people. And when he does that, he sits on Simon Peter's boat. In Luke 5, 4, 7, it says, When he had f- finished speaking, he said to Simon, now go, out, now go out where it is deeper and let down your net to catch some fish. Master, Simon replied, We worked hard all night and didn't catch a thing. But if you say so, I'll let the net down again. And this time their net was so full of fish, they began to tear. A shout of help brought their partners into the other boat, and soon both boats were filled with fish and the verge of sinking. So Simon Peter has been out there trying to do it on his own. Him and there all night. All night can represent anything in your life. What is that thing that you've been trying to do all night? What is that place you've been trying to get all night? And just like that, in the dawn when they had given up, because during the morning, if you are a fisherman, which I'm not, you know that the fish are not going to be there during the day. So in the morning when that happened, they were about to tie it up and get it done, and they were, they were done. But Jesus comes and says, I can resurrect that thing that you want in your life. I can give it life. 
And so, what's the response of Peter? Luke 5 is when Simon Peter realized what had happened, he fell to his knees before Jesus and said, Oh Lord, please leave me, for I am a sinful man. And that's what happens. Peter, at first, he thought he was a fisherman. He thought he got it. He had it all together. He had a living life was going on. But the minute he came close to Jesus, he got to see his true heart. There was a searching. There was a, an openness. God, he was able to see who he truly was. And that's why he claimed, oh Lord, please leave me. I am such a sinful man. And that's who God is. It doesn't matter what you've done. doesn't matter where you are. doesn't matter what's going on in your life or the sins that you've done. When you come close to God, he already knows. But he can save you and redeem you. And then the second chance for Peter is in John 21, and that's your homework as well. We see Jesus has been crucified, and now Simon Peter and six other disciples go back to the same spot. No, to a different place. To their, I think I remember what the lake they were, but they were they were fishing, so they went back to the same thing that were doing. And here again, they fished all night without catching anything. And John 21:30 says, Simon Peter said, "I am going fishing." Well, we're coming too. They all said. So they went all in the boat, but they caught nothing all night. At dawn, Jesus was standing at the beach, but the disciples couldn't see who he was. He called out, "Fellows, have you caught any fish?" No, they replied. Then he said, throw, throw, out your, throw out your net on the right side of the boat and you'll get some. So they did, and they couldn't haul the net because there were so many fish. And when I was writing that, what I felt God tell me is, that's a second chance. Doesn't matter what you've done. Doesn't matter how far you've fallen from Christ. God was grateful enough to help Simon Peter in the beginning and call him. He didn't say, hey, I had already spent three years with you. I had already showed you how to do this thing. How dare you go back to your old life? How dare you do the things that you, I got you from? Jesus fished him from that. How dare you go back to the same thing that you used to do? He says, come. And he does the same miracle. And that's the God that we serve. Who was playing? Russ, could you please pray? Tonight, the stumbling block or the cornerstone is a choice for all of us. You get to choose. You get a choice. You get to choose where your life's going to be. You get to choose, are you going to hold it all in your shoulders? Are you going to carry it? Or are you going to serve God? Are you going to come to God and he can fix everything? Let's pray. Lord, we worship you tonight, Father. We thank you for who you are, God, and and just, Lord, how you love us and care for us and speak to us, mighty King of glory, God. Lord, I pray, mighty King of glory, Jesus, that, Lord, you reveal our heart to us, O God. We've come here today, O King of glory, Father, seeking you, Lord. We left our day, our, our, our homes and rest and all those things, God, to seek you, Father, because there is something we are looking for, mighty King of glory, God. Whether we know it or we don't, Father. I pray, Jehovah God, that if there is stumbling blocks in our way, Lord, let us not just try to walk around them, Lord, but literally stop and ask you, Lord, why is this thing on here, Lord? Search my heart and reveal what I need to do in my in my life, oh God. And Jehovah God, for those who are who are building on a cornerstone, or who are using you as a cornerstone, God, who are building on your foundation, mighty King of glory. I pray, mighty King of glory, that you make them stronger, Lord. That you give them more faith, oh God. That you give them more desire, oh King of glory, to know you, Father. And to know the things of you, mighty King of glory, Jesus. 
God, I pray, Father, that you may touch your people's heart tonight, Lord. That Jehovah God, this doesn't just become a formality where we come to church and we hear your word, oh God, or we read our Bibles, Father. But Lord, there is a true transformation in our heart, oh God. That Jehovah God, we are never the same, Lord. Jehovah God, like Peter said, oh Lord, I'm a sinful man, oh God. That Jehovah God, when we come close to you, Lord, that Lord, you can reveal truly who we are, God. And Jehovah God, we have the humbleness in our heart to be able to say, yes, Lord, we are sinful. Please touch us, oh God. And our Lord will do. Tonight, I want to give you an opportunity to anybody who hasn't given their life to Christ. I don't know where you are, but God is beckoning on your heart and you know it. So if that's you and you want me to pray with you, go ahead and raise your hand and I'll pray with you. Because I know the Lord needs you and you need the Lord. And he's going to do something new in your life. He's going to change you. You don't have to carry all these things you're carrying. You don't have to do any any of the things that you think you need to do in order for you to be able to be to continue walking with the life that you Christ has given. Also, if you one of those people that feel like you are Simon Peter the second time, that you've walked away from Christ and you are like, man, I feel like I've gone so far and I I left, Lord. I I used to follow you, but I am where I'm at right now. God, the same yesterday, today, and forever. So guess what? He still wants your heart. So if that's you, go ahead and raise your hand. And if you're online, we can pray with you. Go ahead and come up here. Somebody will pray with you. If that's you, I don't wanna. I don't wanna leave anybody. I'm still gonna give you an opportunity. This is life and death. Everybody will have to go through a security check. Everybody will have to go through a security check. And if you're online and you want to make that decision, just go to faithandvictory.com so I seek and pray. And you can let us know and we'll pray with you. For the rest of us, I pray that this word holds into your heart. I hope that this is not just another Wednesday or another Sunday that you hear the word of God and you go and you become the same. This is God's word and he's speaking something into your life today. He's speaking something in your life today. Lord, we worship you and praise you, God. We thank you for who you are and what you've done, God. Thank you for the lady that's given her life to you, God. God, may you be glorified, Father, our Lord. I worship you and I praise you. Mighty name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen. Have a good day. Go get your kids. We'd like to thank you so much for joining us today online. We want to encourage you to like our Facebook page, follow us on social media. If you're a regular watcher of Faith and Victory Online, would you please send us a message because we want to get to know you. We want to be connected with you. Make sure you like and share this video, and we'll see you next week at Faith and Victory Church. We love you. Have a great day.